Thanks for joining us for this edition of Forward Church Online. Today's podcast was recently recorded at one of our live worship experiences. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've been here on Wednesday nights, you know that um, it is, it is my most favorite time of the season. I love the gifts more so giving than I do receiving. I'm not, a, I'm not a, I'm not a real good uh, receiver of gifts. That's not. I, it's really uncomfortable, and I'll share a little bit about that with you later. Um, and 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 it's not about the trees. I love all those things. I love the lights. I love the decorations. I love the food. Anybody like the food? I love the food. And I'm not talking about the amount of food. I'm talking about what actually hits the table. I'm talking about stuff you had not seen all year long. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about like green bean casserole. Nobody makes green bean casserole just for your, you know, you come home on Monday night after work and you throw together a nice green bean casserole or an apple pie or a pump pecan pie. Nobody does that. So you see things that you typically do not see. And that's why I like the Christmas holidays, because you see things you typically do not see. But what I want us to look at today is this. If we would focus, and, and, and even though it is Christmas, and, and if you've been with me on Wednesday nights, we've, we were in a series entitled Mary and Bright, and although it's the Christmas season and those things, but I, I believe that we shouldn't only feel or see things that point us to Christmas on Christmas, Okay? We shouldn't only be focused on the manger and baby Jesus just when it's Christmas. Okay? It should actually permeate every day of our lives. Okay? And I, I said this um, through that series. I said, Christmas, we've become so familiar with Christmas, it's not even really fun to go buy presents anymore. Do y'all remember when it was actually fun to like go in and you're going to surprise your spouse? I'm one of those, like I would buy it, and then I'll be like five days before Christmas. I'm so excited about whatever I got her. Do you want to go ahead and open up your Christmas gift? Like, that's how I was. She's like, no, because I won't have anything on Christmas Day. In my back of my mind, I'm going, that's what you think, because I got some other things I'm going to give you too. But, but we, we, we become so familiar with the toys and the presents and the trees, and it doesn't even affect us anymore. And also, we become so familiar with the Christmas story and sweet baby Jesus and lying in a manger and all those cute things and, and kids dressed up with like, like sheep and, and all those things. We've become so familiar that the story of Christmas and the story of Jesus does not even impact our lives anymore. There is the problem. That's why I'm saying if we would take what we see on Christmas... That typically, we shut it down after the first of the year. The Christmas tree goes away. We don't see that at our house until next year. Well, it's kind of that way in our lives. We see things on Sundays, and we experience Christ. Then we put it away for the next six days. And, and, and we, don't, we don't really allow what took place over 2,000 years ago to actually permeate and be a part of our everyday life. Somebody say, my everyday life. He must be a part of my everyday life. Sure, it's the lights, the decorations, the food. Oh, I love the food and all the bulking season or whatever you want to call it. I love, I love uh, the holidays. But at the center of it all is the Christmas story. It's not about the gifts. It's about the gift giver. It's the one who gave us a gift. And I said this, the Christmas story changed everything for everyone. This story changed, had this not happened, had this not even been a part, we would be lost, 
We needed salvation. We need because of the fall of man, we needed somebody to come and help us. And the only person that can do it, and he did it and did it well, was Jesus. Amen. Do you believe that this morning? So so as we're approaching, fastly approaching the Christmas holidays, and it's almost here, we're just days away. I challenge myself, and I've challenged those that were here on Wednesday nights, and I challenge you today to consider approaching Christmas this year with a childlike astonishment. Like it's the first time you ever, y'all remember what it was like when you really, maybe, well, for some of us, it was a really long time ago, when you got a gift for the very first time, and you were like, oh my gosh, I wonder if, I wonder if Santa got me what I, I wonder if mommy and daddy got me, I wonder if my grandparents got me what, y'all remember that feeling, that, that tingling, like you got the box, and you're like, you know, your parents would go to the store and be like, we'll be right back. And you're like trying to open it just real, you know, not even move the tape just barely so you can see what's in the box. But mom and dad got smart and they, they put your tennis shoes in a, you know, a different like a Publix box or something from another store. You know, y'all remember, we had to get smart, didn't we adults? You know what I'm saying? But, but do you remember the astonishment of, oh my gosh, wow. What, what, what Jesus is wanting us to do is to approach every day of our life and look at it as a gift. Not just Christmas. We need to approach, regardless of what your circumstances are, regardless of what your situation is, God wants you to approach Christmas and every day of your life as a gift. As a matter of fact, he wants you to rip into every day. Y'all know how it was at Christmas time and how, and how we're going to do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's like God wants you to rip into your day like it was, like you're, 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 you want to know, what God, what do you have for me? And it, as, 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 and I'll share some of these stories as we were in New York the past couple of days. The things that God allowed us to see and allowed us to do and allowed us to impact the lives of other people. It, 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 it actually became contagious and it was like, God, what can I, what can we do next? What, what can I, what can I do next? God wants us to be so consumed with Him and so Christ-centered that every day of our life is like a gift and we're ripping into it. We wake up every day, regardless of what we have to face at our job, regardless of the crazy boss we have, regardless of the jacked up people we gotta do business with and all those things. He wants you to, to wake up every day and be like, God, whatever you want from me, I, I want, I wanna do that. I wanna be a part of that. How many receive that? That's what God wants for your life. He wants you to approach every day, every day as as a gift and understanding that the gift we receive the day of Christmas sets the tone what how we view this manger should set the tone for every day of our life 364 days should be should be affected because of how we see one day okay he wants us to rip into it and listen our days aren't a gift because they're perfect there is no perfect day. If you're looking for a perfect day, go to sleep and somebody will come wake you up and let you know, hey, this is a perfect day. Come on, wake up. And there's no perfect day. So don't look for a perfect day. And Christmas isn't a perfect season because it was, uh, excuse me, Christmas isn't a gift because it was a perfect season. I, I talked to you guys about that when Jesus was born, all was not calm, all was not bright. And he was not sleeping in heavenly peace because there was a price on his head. Like the activity that surrounded how we view, that's not, matter of fact, it, it, it was more chaotic than some of the things that we go through in life. Which should tell us, what, what does the Christmas story teach us about trouble and adversity? You want to know what it teaches us? It teaches us do not give up. That's what the Christmas, there's so much surrounding the Christmas story. But the one thing that I get that I see now is in the midst of adversity, 
There was no Shan's Hospital with set the temperature right, with a bed that elevated. No, no, he was out back around horse stuff and cow stuff and animals that came to visit. And, and they probably did their stuff right there. I mean, th- there was all kinds of chaos surrounding the birth and the, uh, of our Savior and King, Jesus Christ. He didn't run from it. He didn't say, you know what, I got to wait till everything's right before I come out. No, no, no. He said, in the midst of mess, I, 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 can, I can do this. And what God is wanting you to say is that in the midst of my mess, in the midst of my, my chaos, I can do this. You need, to, you need to look at life. Regardless of what I'm going through, God, I can do this. What the Christmas story teaches you and I is do not, do not give up. There's more, to, there's more to the Christmas story than just a baby, a manger, and a couple of wise men. That's real cute. But there's more to that story that God wants us to wrap our hands around and take that with us the rest of the 364 days that we live. Amen? The arrival of baby Jesus changes everything for everyone. He didn't come to give us Christmas. He came to give us life. John 10.10, you know that verse where it says, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. How many have a perfect life? That's what I thought. How many of you have a life that's full of complex, crazy people and crazy circumstances? Okay. Some of you are like, I'm not raising my hand for nothing, you say. I'm just waiting for 12 o'clock to get up out of here. He said, I've come that you might have life and all that comes with life. But remember, don't give up. Don't give up. John 16, says, in me... You will find peace. I've, t- I've talked to so many people uh, through this holiday season who are distraught. They're, they're, they're full of discouragement. They're full of, of anxiety and all these things. You know, what, you know who can bring you peace? Jesus. He said, in me, you will find peace. You're looking for peace in all the wrong places. We look for peace in a bottle. We look for, we look for peace in a, in a peel jar. You need to look to Jesus for the peace. He's the only one that can calm your storm. Oh, you may, you may, you may have a substance or, 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 or something secondary that may cause that to cease for the moment. But without Jesus, how many knows the storm's still coming back until he speaks to your storm and says, peace be still. Make sure he's in your boat. That's another story. But we must remember that every day is a gift. How do we do that? By remembering, listen, by remembering that, remembering our first time encounter. How many remember the first time you met, the the moment you met Jesus? Do you remember that? I remember my parents going through a divorce and I went to visit my dad on the weekend and we were in a, he lived in a trailer on the mountain in North Carolina and I'll never forget, I'll never forget him asking me, I mean, I've been in church, I knew all those things, but there was still a point that I had to make a decision God, my life belongs to you. I commit my life to you. Now, a lot of people say that, but then when things get hard, they don't, the commitment level decreases. And I'll never forget uh, kneeling down on the couch or whatever piece of furniture he had. How many knows it's rough when you go through divorce in, in the moments? Yeah. Whatever that furniture was, I remember kneeling down and inviting Jesus into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. Now, does that mean I always live from that moment on like he was my Lord and Savior? But did the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, because once he comes inside of you, there should be something inside of you that's telling you, Mm-mm, that's wrong. I know the Bible says there'll be pleasure. I'm all over. I don't even know what, what, how to follow the notes. I'm just following him. So, oh, no, he's like his daddy. No, I don't mean that way. But the Bible says there'll be pleasure in sin for a season. I was looking for the, the, the season of pleasure in, in sin. Let me break that down. I remember being in moments and in, in, in situations that I had no business being in. 
because I wanted to be accepted and I wanted to be loved and all those things. But I couldn't find no pleasure in it because the Holy Spirit made me so uncomfortable. I don't know how it happened for you, but I'm telling you, for me, I would go back and still feel miserable even though all the emotions and all the things that happened, hey, all the things that happened, I, that was the flesh moment. I was just, just trying to paint you a picture that it ain't all been Jesus, okay? And, and, and I remember those moments, but I was so, so uncomfortable in those moments. I'm like, Jesus, can I just get one of those just five minutes of the, the pleasurable part of, of sin? Couldn't find it. You know why? Because I knew that I meant the words that I said. When my life is committed to Christ, it didn't matter. There's something he wanted to do in me, and there's something that he wants to do in you. He desires to capture your heart. We get caught up in life. We forget that there's something that we're supposed to be doing. We get caught up in just coming to church and singing singing and, 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 and being a part of church. But let me say this, don't confuse the gift to gather with the gift to disciple. You may want to write that down. Because we so, we so confuse the gift just to come together with the gift of to be discipled and to disciple others. Okay? What are you saying? I'll break it down this way. It's not about you. Worship is not for you. The message... It's for us, but it's not for us in the moment. It's so that we, we get equipped to go out. The message that you hear on Sundays is not even, it's for other people out there that need to hear the message of Jesus Christ. It's just to remind you of what your calling is and what God requires of you. That's what the message is for. But we must share Christ. We must create first encounter moments. That's the name of the message if, you wanna, if you're looking for a title. First time encounter. We must create First time encounter moments for the people that, that we come in contact with. What's this got to do with Christmas and baby Jesus? Everything. Everything. Listen. We not only have an opportunity, but a responsibility to introduce people to the living God. I know this sounds like every message I've preached. And I'll continue until this room is full, until we have to have triple-double services in this room. I'll keep preaching this message until somebody gets a hold of the fact that this church is not here just specifically for you. It's here to be a light to the city, to the people that are out there. Uh, sometimes I wish that we just didn't even have walls just to roof so that we could just stay dry and whatever, if that's even important. But so that people can know there are people in here praying and believing God for this area not to look the same that it's always looked. And people dying and going to hell. I don't know what else other message to preach until people get a hold of the fact that there is not only an opportunity for me to share Christ, I I need to recognize I have a responsibility, and that's what we're going to talk about for just a few moments this morning. we, We have a responsibility where people aren't running from Christians. Listen, there are Christians that mess up how we are to to reach people. They know you're a Christian. They run it from you because the way your presentation, and it's probably not your fault, all you've ever seen is a perspective of how it's to be done. But the perspective that I want to see is how did Jesus do it? How did Jesus reach people? It, 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 wasn't, it wasn't, oh no, here, here, here comes condemnation. This is how they think about us. Here comes somebody's going to point out how I'm just messing up. Listen, Christian, Christians should not be looked at as the weirdest people on the block. We should, we should be looked at as the most attractive people ever. People should want to be like us. What are you saying? I'm saying when you wake, when you go to your job and you're all smiles and praise God, I mean, everything's going good for you, but praise God, man, everything's wonderful. People are looking at you going, why are you smiling so big? 
dude, you make the same amount of money I do. What, what you got? Let me share with you what I have. Because, see, for too long we've been, you're in sin, that's a sin, you're going to hell if you don't change. Although that's true. <laughs> that's true. But there's something about the presentation of how I do it. If, if, when I walk into a room, if I'm, if I'm causing people to run from me, how am I effectively reaching people for Christ? Because they know I'm coming and they know, they know what I'm going to say. The, the only way I know is through relationship. It's in a way that, you know what, Corey? There's times, man, I've blown it in my life. Your struggles may look like mine and they may not. But when I, one thing I can tell you is that regardless of what you're going through, you can get through it. Just don't give up. Too many people giving up. I quit. I'm talking to Christians who understand we have a responsibility to introduce people to a living God. It's not just baby Jesus in a manger, and then, and then in a couple months we'll celebrate his death and his resurrection. It's more than that. It's every day. I can live now because of what Christ did then. I can live tomorrow because of what Christ did for me. See, we hear messages and we put stuff together, and, and, and I'm jumping ahead of my notes, but that's okay. You'll catch it back later. Uh, we, 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 we focus on, on putting everything perfect on Sundays, and then we go out on Monday and we, we lose our minds. We forget that we're called to be ambassadors of Christ. I was reading this last night on the plane. If you brought your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It will not be on the screen. Ha! <laughs> tricked you. It really won't be. <laughs> told y'all sometimes you need to bring your bible to church you need to be ready need to be ready 516 says so from now on everybody say from now on that means from now on (laughs) from this moment on so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone, everybody say anyone. If you are in Christ, he is, you are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. How many thankful for the, 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 old, the patterns of your old life are gone? Somebody say, well, I still got some. Release it and let it go. God has something better for you, but he can't give it to you because something uglier, nastier, dirtier is occupying the space that was only created for Jesus Christ. God, you won't answer my prayer. He's like, I can't get it in there to you because you're holding on to stuff that is going to kill you. You're holding on to relationships that are going to kill you. It might not send you to hell. Bless God, there will be no peace in it. You'll be like, maybe hell would be better. You're holding on to things that God's trying to give you something, but he can't put it in you because you're occupying space that belongs to him. Once you become become his, everything belongs to you. Your mind, I mean, everything belongs to him. That's the problem. We think everything belongs to us. We feel entitled. Everything belongs to Christ. My mind, my, 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 my will, my emotions, my wallet, hello, I can't understand how come God won't bless me because you won't let him put stuff into your hands so he can get through you. All this, verse 18, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry. He gave us the ministry, the responsibility, the opportunity of reconciliation. I was adding those in there so you can can join the words that we just talked about of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. That's why there was a manger, not counting men's sins against them. 
all the churches in America. Counting sins to people. Get right, then you can be a part of our club. And he was committed to us the message, he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Verse 20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. When you mess up, get back. When you blow it, find your way back home. It ain't got to be the perfect uh, yellow brick road. That's what we're looking for. I'll come back. Finding my way back to you, Lord. If, as long as it's rosy and roses on the side, and it's, a, it's a streets of gold. No, that's there. Sometimes the road we're going to have to travel is because we, the reason that the road back is so hard is because we've gotten so far away from the road we should have been on in the first place. I don't know who that's for, but you need, to, you, need to, you need to soak that up with a sponge. I'm telling you. But it's so hard to get back. I hear you. You're saying, if I just mess up, i got to get back. Sometimes the road back is not going to be easy, but you got to persevere. I got a text message the other day that said, you got to persevere. Persevere. you got to push through. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of Christ. Listen, this verse, these verses, was Paul speaking to a church who, who needed to remember to make the main thing the main thing. You need to make sure that the center of everything is Jesus Christ. And I, I, what I'm hearing today, down through the portals of time 2,000 years ago, he might have been speaking to a church, but today he's speaking to this church. It's everything to me. It's the reason that I'm here. It's the reason that I'm breathing. It's not to detail cars. <laughs> it's, the reason that I'm here is to, is, to, is, to be, is to help people who are far from God find their way back or find their way to. That's why I'm here, and that's why you're here. We're called to be ambassadors. Somebody say, I am. I need to be. I should to be. I should be. Should, whoa, should be an ambassador. And I don't understand. If you have an unfulfilled life, there's a lot of Christians who are unfulfilled. If you feel like you're unfulfilled, I'm leading you right back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting with verse 16. What's your responsibility? What opportunities do you have? It's, it's our walking orders. It's our reason for being. Paul said, we're, we're, on the plan, excuse me, we're on the planet for one reason, and that is to bring the kingdom of God to, to this earth. We are to introduce people to a living God. Everybody say, first-time encounters. That's our responsibility. If you know Christ, if he's, if he's your Savior, you've had a first-time encounter. I believe that encounters should be impactful. I don't want to meet somebody for the first time and they forget who I am. We met somebody, and I'll tell you, we met, some, we met a lot of people in New York. But I walked away from some of them having an encounter. I may never meet them again. But what, what I want is when people meet me, that they have an encounter. Not because, ooh, I met Bradley Weber. Whatever. No, but there was something inside of that dude that, that, was, that, that, that just was different. And I want, to, I want that different. Well, how many know in this room what the difference is? It's Jesus. He's called us to be difference makers. What difference are you making in your world? Talking about your, your, what different, really what difference are you making in your world? What do people hear you complain about? What do, what do, what do people hear you say, well, in spite of, God's still good to me. We, we must, you're called, we are called to be ministers of reconciliation. That's to be a facilitator. 
I didn't ask you what you did for a living. I just told you what you're called to do. You're to be a minister of reconciliation. When people's lives are falling apart, we're called to help them put it back together. When their marriages are falling apart, we're called to help them put that back together. When dreams are shattered and broken and all things are going crazy, we're called to help them put that back together. When they're so far from God, guess what our responsibility is? Just to show them how to get back to a living God who can change everything for them. A message can't change anything for you. It's the power of God and the power of the message that can change your life and circumstances. According to Paul, if you're a Christian, you are an ambassador. We're to share hope with people, not just a track. Here, in your spare time, read this. I'm to give you hope. I can give you some paper on what hope looks like, but what better, what better message can I show you is that when I have no hope around me, I'm still showing you that I have hope. By your level, I should not have hope because my life is a, is a mess. But because of Christ, I can still show you that I have hope. Listen, people may not read your Bible, but they'll read your life. I can, I can carry this around and, and break off pieces and go, this one's for you and this one's for you and this one's for you. Read that, it'll do you good. I'm not a doctor with a Ph.D., I don't prescribe to you things, but I can show you what has worked for me in my life. And as long as you'll surrender to God, I'm confident that it will change your life. It'll change your circumstances. He said, you are therefore now God's appeal for a broken humanity. Listen, the city that you live in, specifically Chiefland, is full of broken people. I'm not talking about... Podunk broke. I'm saying it's full, of, it's full of broken people whose lives have been broken and ruined and destroyed. And they believe that I just got to live this way until I die. The good news is you don't have to. Man, I just want somebody just to get up and run around this place and go, I want that too. You might want to give the partner sitting next to you some notice because if you jump up and do that, you might cause somebody to have a heart attack and we're going to have to, we're going to, have to pray for their resurrection. I'm just saying. <laughs> so give somebody some notice if you feel the need to, to do that. Give me some notice because we might have to call the ushers. <laughs> Listen, your job tomorrow. I know what my job is, Bradley. I don't need you to tell me. No, 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 no. Your job tomorrow and the day after that is that you bring a premise to somebody who previously opposed the idea of being surrendered to Christ. Some People have already got the idea. They've gotten the tracks. We came and sang um, Christmas carols at their house and Jesus has the best thing for your life. They've heard all that. They've already got this idea that <laughs> y'all crazy, I'm going to do my thing. I'm enjoying the pleasures of sin. I'm doing it my way. They, they got all that. Our responsibility is to show them and change their perspective of who Jesus is and how he loves them and how he forgives them and how he's chosen them and how he wants more for their life than where they currently are. That's our job. And until every one of these seats are full, you just want a big church. No, I just want people to miss hell and make heaven. Forgive me for, 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 for maybe you need to change your perspective. It's not about growing a church. It's about helping people get healthy. 
Y'all miss a, a good time to clap right there. I don't, I don't know if y'all, just, if y'all just stunned or what. I'm just trying to tell you. We have a responsibility. Whoo. I'm preaching to myself today. My heart breaks for people. I can't fix it all, and I hear that. I can't. I mean, I, we were walking down the streets and yesterday of New York, and I told Amy, I was, after a certain thing happened that I'll share with you in a minute, I was like, I just wish I had $100 that I always had in my pocket. Not for someone who came and asked me for it because they know I got one, got some. I'm saying because I recognize that there's something, there's a need that I can meet. And if I have to break it up in 20s or if I give them the whole Benjamin, whatever. I want to be able to impact people's lives. I can't solve it all. Well, what's $100 going to do when they're $50,000 in debt? I don't know, but it's a seed that I planted. It's a hope that I gave them that somebody cares for them. I don't know what else to do to be real and show you the transparency of my heart. It's for people who are hurting. <laughs> and, and, the, and, the, and the trick of all this is there are times that I'm hurting. There are times that I'm lonely. There's times that I want to give up. And that's in those moments that you say, you know what, we in this together. You can help me, I help you. We got to be persuasive. I mean, look, oh, you think, how's that look, Bradley? Oh, you think your life sucks? Your life doesn't suck. If you'll change some things in your life, and if you'll allow God to come in, he can he can change all that. There are times I think my life sucks. Why are you using words like that? Because you know exactly what I'm saying. I'm getting rid of, you got to put on your Sunday best. You got you to put on, you know, how to, you got to show people you got it all together. Please. So that y'all can look at me because somebody pulls out in front of me tomorrow going to Walmart and allows me to get blocked at the light. I hope you're not here. I didn't blow my horn. I didn't roll my window down. I didn't extend my, my hand. But I let him know when I bypassed him, he cut me off. But see, if I paint a pretty picture in here, and then y'all see me do that, you go, well, he's different. He's not the same person. He... No, I want to be the same all the time. I want to be real. I'm going to show you. I got problems. You got problems. We got problems together. But we'll get through it with Jesus. Listen, when we get saved, the old is gone, the new is here. What's an ambassador? This is what an ambassador is. I want you to understand that. I heard that term all my life, ambassador. But my perspective has been changed. This is what we're called to be. I'm going to wind down. I'm I'm good. Y'all good? Okay. (laughs) What's an ambassador? Uh, Ambassador. We don't live to the standards of this world. You have a supernatural immunity. You are from the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't matter what people in this town say you can't do. You can do it because I can do all things through Christ, through Christ, with Christ, Christ at the center. I can do it all. Yeah, I'm coming with you. Hold on. I'm coming. I'm an ambassador of the king. People say, oh, you can't win. I get to win. Somebody say, you can't succeed. Sorry, you don't get to say so. I'm an ambassador of the king. We should be making a difference everywhere we go. Listen, we cannot be the biggest detriment to the message of the gospel. Listen, there's nothing wrong with the message, but I propose that I've been a messenger, excuse me, that I've been a messenger with a problem. 
I'm sure over the years I have messed up the message because I put my perspective on how I think it needs to be. The biggest obstacle to being an ambassador is not the devil. It's you. It's your flesh. It's my flesh. It's our agendas. It's our desires. I'm going to do this tonight because it's going to make me feel good. I'll get right tomorrow. The devil has no power. He has no power. I don't know if you watch, walk, what's that show with the zombies? Walking Dead? I don't watch it, but, and, and I'm cool if y'all do. That's cool. But y'all know about something about zombies, those of y'all who do watch it? Am I going to have, have you raise your hand? They can't run. They remind me of the devil. All these people, all these people are being taken out by zombies who have no power. They can't, and, and just run. And who watches it? <laughs> I don't, but I've seen other movies that have zombies. They can't run, and you can see them coming. They just stand there. The people just stand there while the zombies zombies are coming. Same thing with the enemy. He can't take you out. You gave up. You gave up. Write this down, point number one. I'm going to put this plane on the ground. Do not forget your why. Don't forget why you do what you do. Oh, I know why I come to church. I worship Jesus. I know I give tithes so we can keep the lights on and so, so we can provide a place for people to get changed. No, that's, that's right. That's right. But let me, let me tell you this. Don't forget your why. Why do you live? I'm bringing in the ambassador. Why do you live? Why do you serve in church? Why do you greet? Why do you help kids? Why do you help unplug lights? Why do you help take out trash? Why do you serve? So people don't go to hell, that's part of it. But then so people can know who Jesus is. If, if the only reason we're trying to help people is so they don't go to hell, no, 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 that's a byproduct of what you really get. You get Jesus. So people can meet Jesus. It's the purpose of this church so that people can meet Jesus. It's the purpose of your marriage, married people. Listen to this. The reason you're married... And so that people can ha- see an example of what a marriage surrender to Christ looks like. And even though you're still going to go through the same things that people who don't know Christ are going to go through, you're still going to get through those if you stay surrendered to Jesus. And why, why are we married? Sure, there's a lot of pleasures for marriage, but the sole purpose is it's a picture of, of Christ and us, the bride, of what that looks like. It's so that people can meet, know the living God. So stop looking at your marriage as a ball and chain. Stop looking at your job just so I can get a paycheck. That money's not for you. (laughs) Oh, oh. He wants to give you, but he wants to give you more if he can get it through you. We were, did you tell the story about breakfast? Did you tell the, we were at breakfast yesterday. Minding our own business at the, at at the hotel. We're trying to leave and, and we got breakfast and the manager comes over halfway through. Hey, is everything good? You know how they do everything good? Yeah, great, lovely. Go on so we can finish our lovely food. Five minutes later, he comes back to the table. Hey, is everything good? I'm like, is he smoking something in the back? He done asked us that one time. No, it's all good. Oh, well, we just want to let you know that all y'all, that was me, Amy, James, and Bethany, all y'all, y'all's tickets have been taken care of by somebody in the restaurant. We were all sitting there trying to hold back tears. Because we're in a, it's one thing when people see you locally and they know who you are and they want to be a blessing. It's another thing when you're you hours away and somebody wants to do that. 
It's God letting you know his hand is on your life. He's recognizing because of your sacrifice, I'm going to bless you. I want to be blessed, but I don't want to sacrifice nothing. And then he took it one step further, which this never happens. He goes, oh, and the gentleman who just took care of it is this guy right here. We really were speechless then because, like, what do you say to somebody you don't know? <laughs> we did. It was awkward. It's like, <laughs> we didn't know what to do. <laughs> but so as we get up, we, we introduce ourselves, and, and he hands us a business card. He's obviously a Christian because his business was like Zion Electrical whatever. But his response, when we said thank you, his response was, God has blessed me, therefore I want to be a blessing. That's what Christmas is all about. Right? He doesn't know that we're servants at a church. He doesn't know what we do. He don't know if if we got lots of money or no money. Un poquito. He don't know. That's from all my Spanish friends. He doesn't know. He didn't know. But God knew. Why'd you say all that? I want to encourage you. that God sees where you are. His radar for the Webbers and the Blacketers wasn't just when we left, when we left where we stay, he no longer knew where we were. He knew exactly where we were. Another one. Bethany just wanted to go to this place called Serendipity because it was in a movie, chick flick, whatever. We walk up and there's like all these people. I'm like, and it's cold. It's cold. And the, the, the wait was like two hours. We, we walked down and was like, mm-mm. We kept walking. We literally got three blocks down the street. And a lady chased us down three blocks and said, did y'all still want to eat there? We've been waiting for a long time. Our, 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 our um, reservation was for, well, whatever you call it, call ahead, whatever, was for 2.30. It's like in 30 minutes. Y'all can have our spot if you want it. Y'all are now the Wilsons. <laughs> we were the Wilsons. And then we were joking, like, we were standing there like, okay, it's 2.32, what's going on? Wouldn't it be something if they, if it was just a big joke? Like, we waited all this time and there was no Wilsons? <laughs> God cares about the smallest things because Bethany just simply wanted to go to serendipity because it reminded her of a movie she saw. God's not concerned with just the big things that we need. He's concerned about the small things. But let me tell you something. It's because there are lives that are surrendered. That's what gets his attention. You're doing your own thing. Sometimes I do my own thing. And I put stuff in me and stuff on me. God can't get to me what he wants because I got too much of me. He's saying... Will you take something off? It looks too much like you. Will, will, you, will, you, take, will, you, will, you, will you. will you strip yourself of things that you think are important? Will you, will, you, will you do away with that? Will you give something up? Will you give something up so that I can put something better on you? In closing, I'm nowhere near the end, but that music will help me bring this plane down, as Amy Weber said last night. <laughs> she ain't in here, is she? I got to tell this one. We were flying to, um, flying to New York. She don't, like, she don't like that, any of that. And she said, she had her, she just hold my arm. She had her head down on my shoulder. And when she felt the plane going down, she, she, I swear she's to you, she said, he's going down. <laughs> she closed her eyes and held her breath. She's like, she's going down. And then last night coming in, if you've ever flown on the smaller planes, you can feel everything. So when the, when the wheels decided to, you know, come on out, it makes a lot of racket, and you could feel it. She's like, what's that? I was like, baby, it's just the tires going down. They had, you know. And then, and, then, and then he says, he comes on the thing, he says, before that he said, 
we're getting ready to make our descent. Well, she knew what time we were supposed to arrive. And she knew that was like 45 minutes away. How come he's already dropping? I'm like, baby, what you want him to do? Just fall out the sky? He's got to start the landing. It's not a helicopter. It don't just hover and drop. You can do that if you want to. You better get some Dramamine. It's the same thing with God. We, he tells us how something's supposed to be. And then he changes it. Or, or, or his ways higher than our own. God, I trust you. See, we don't trust him. That pilot did a lot of education, school classroom time to to know when to bring that plane down. She didn't trust him. (laughs) Matter of fact, when we passed by to get on the... She looked and she wanted to know who was flying. She wanted to know who that was. I'm like, honey, it's okay. Don't mind her. She good. Y'all don't tell. None of y'all tell her what I just said. I tried so hard last night to do a live feed that said this is her nervous reaction and I had it in the dark and I had the phone but it would not connect that last time I wanted y'all to see but and then when she saw it you, you, you're putting it on video no we're called to be difference makers we're called to be world changers and I'm leaving so much out let me just give you three Ways to remain a useful ambassador. It's important that we're useful. Write this down. I'm telling you. And we're done. 12 o'clock. Out of here. It's important that we're useful. If not, you're just occupying space that somebody else needs because they're going to identify, I need him. I need Jesus. Don't let us be a church that's not doing anything with what we have. Don't let us be a church that's not doing anything with what we know. Oh, you, 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 you yanking on us? No, no, no. This church is so generous. What we have done for kids in this community in just a short period of time has been phenomenal. And it wasn't anything that Forward Church did. We're going to just write a check and call it all and say y'all did it. No. Every single person gets eggs and brings it in. Every single person got a teddy bear and brought them in so that we together could make an impact. Remember what I said? My just one little $100 bill won't do a lot for somebody. But when we put all of our money together, when we put all of our resources together, we'll make a great impact. We will be and we will do what God has sent us to do and what he's brought you to do and what God is calling us to do in this city. I hope that you're getting this this morning. I hope that it's not my lack of sleep that's causing my mind to be like, dang, isn't it? Three things, three ways to remain useful as an ambassador. Number one, shift your focus. Shift your focus. Off of you. (laughs) What am I supposed to focus on? Off of you, off of me, and on to others. We think of ourselves more than you realize. When you pray, who do you pray about? God, I need. God, help me through. You think about you. In worship. I know we're worshiping him, but, but, but what's your mind? You're worshiping, but you're thanking him for what? What he's doing in your life. We think more of ourselves than what we let on. When somebody snaps a picture, or you find a picture, who's the first person you look for? James and Bethany were doing last-minute selfies in Times Square. What, what me and Amy doing? We tried to photobomb. Then, can I see your phone so I can see what I look like? I, that's, that's how we do. We think more of ourselves than we do other people. God changed that. Shift our focus. Number two. 
This is for everybody. Guarantee it'll hit you, I promise. We need to settle the discontentment in our soul. I'm not talking about you got a headache. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about a discontentment. I'm not satisfied. We must realize in life it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be comfortable. And it's not always going to work out the way we think. But we must remember that as long as God is in it, it's going to work out just the way he wants it to. Our plane, I know, stop talking about, I'm just trying to give examples. Our plane was delayed four hours. We sat at the airport for four hours trying to get to New York because there was wind and turbulence. And the first thing I said was, I just thank God because he's keeping us from something. And we were impatient. You know what time we got to our hotel room? 3 a.m. You know what time this boy goes to sleep? 8.30. Usually, religiously. It was 3 a.m. Didn't work out the way I wanted it to. We were frustrated. We were tired. But God knew better. His waves were higher. His thoughts were high. He knew exactly what could have happened had, had somebody just pushed, pushed the agenda on through. We got to get these people up to New York. Anxiety, that's where discontentment comes from. Anxiety is a focus on the things that you cannot control. Where's peace come from? It's a focus, it is our focus on the, on the thing that you can control. And, and it comes from your spirit. I know I'm talking to somebody. Just anxious. Just, just got all kinds of stuff going on. Let Jesus be your peace. Number three, set the tone and never look back. Set the tone. And never look back. Listen, this message is hopefully not as scrambled as I'm thinking it has been. This will either be a sermon or today will be a statement over your life. It will be an idea or a permanent ideology. Instead of, oh man, being negative. No, my response is different because I'm an ambassador. What I'm trying to tell you is you're different. You don't live by the standards of this world. People, people talk about you. They don't even understand you. I know what it's like. I, I, got, I got you. But you got to give up your right to push, your, to push and defend yourself. You need to be more, more conscientious of defending Christ. Listen, I made a decision. I am an ambassador. This must be a priority. That's why I said, this will either be a sermon. Oh, that was nice, Bradley. That was was good. I got something. No, no. It'll either be a sermon or it will become a statement and a priority. If you do not have priorities, you will live according to probabilities. I'm done. If you don't make it a priority, can you imagine what it would have been like if we throw probabilities into our marriage uh, vows? I'll probably love you. I'll probably love you. I'll probably love you in sickness and health. <laughs> I'll probably love you when we broke. No. Amy Weber is a priority to me. Make Jesus a priority. I'll probably come to church on Sunday as long as I ain't got nothing else to do. I'll probably give him the 10% that James was talking about as long as I don't have anything else I got to do. No, no. He got to be first. Say first. What comes before first? Nothing. 
first. He's got to be first. Probabilities will not change this city. Probabilities will not change your world. Probabilities will not do it. It must be a permanent call. Not a probably or maybe Christianity, but a priority. Your priorities will always show. You write this down. And I'm done. Your priorities will always show when you're under pressure. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.